0: Greetings and welcome to episode 242 of the Words About Games podcast, the weekly video game news and culture podcast for Words About Games. I'm your host, Amy Kate Alexander, and I'm joined this week by Mr. Daffy Mooney. How are you doing?
1: It's Friday. You know what that means, ladies and gentlemen. I am not bad. I'm not bad at all, Amy. I've had a okay week, I won't lie. Like, you know what's been happening. And everything like but it was a good. It's been good.
0: good. Good.
1: Good. I feel like I'm finally moving forward.
0: Well, I'll drink to that. Cheers. Yeah. I was going to grab a drink anyway. <laughs> <Cheers>. <laughs> uh, I don't have anything to talk about. Like, you know, we start these podcasts out and we always spend ages nattering, nattering I mean, about
1: the most randomest shit yeah
0: yeah i don't have anything to natter with my my nose is itchy <laughs>
1: like that's about all i got so depending on which culture it is the nose means someone
0: could be talking about you that's probably accurate
1: yeah
0: <laughs> i imagine a lot of people say say things behind my back Actually, I don't even want to mention it. I know that's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they say things. There are certain people in my life who will say things to other people in my life with other people in my life who are present who will tell me what, what is it said. It's... And then they're always shocked when I am don't really talk to them. <laughs> the first people. There you go. I just drew you a map. Good luck figuring it out. (laughs) This makes sense, I promise you! (laughs) I've solved it! Using (laughs) hexadecimals. Don't know why I needed that. (laughs) Why why hexadecimals? Why the fuck not? Fuck not, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like, I've been, like, I've been kind of off everything for the past few days. Yeah. Like... I've been, I've been, I've been researching a lot of HP Lovecraft for uh, for an upcoming video, which is just depressing as fuck because he's super racist, like hardcore, like racist. Which is the reason why I'm doing the research, and it's like, oh, man, this sucks. So then it's just like it's had the knock-on effect of I've just been sitting here playing Destruction All Stars with with my phone, like away, <laughs> and just but, uh- yeah. Go on, so sorry, I'm
1: in. There. I apologize. Uh, well, like, like I'm not even on social media anymore. Like, I know, right? Yeah, it, it, it it's
0: sucks. Weird as hell. It's weird. It sucks lot, for me because, wow. like, you know, we used to like we used to interact with each other all the time on Twitter, and now we don't. Now I've got to interact with Keith. Like, come on, we. You can still interact with him. Did we, you we... not think about me when you did this?
1: No, Amy, no. I'm not gonna lie there.
0: I'm just gonna be frank. No, I was thinking about you? me. I was thinking about How me. How To be fair, one of the reasons I went off social media is because I noticed someone I actually considered a friend would had just decided to unfollow me. Um, And given the timing of this unfollow and actions that we'll call the actions this person has taken in the past, I think I know why they unfollowed me. So that was like a double-suck situation. Do they work at Ubisoft? They don't. No, this had nothing to do with Ubisoft. No, the, the, the timing was suspiciously was suspiciously close to the timing of my uh, rant last week, shall we say? Even though it wasn't a rant, because it was it was well thought out. It must have been because I showed it to people before I tweeted it, <laughs> um, and that kind of threw me for a loop. And I know they don't watch my content, so I know I can talk about it. It's fine. Um. winner what's that same from charlie shane winning winning i'm winning (laughs) i rooted out another person who (laughs) is a douche might be a bit of a douche it's fine but that's what that's what things like that are for that's why weeks and weeks ago when we did the intro for the podcast and we just listed all the things we hate
1: Like when I like when I tweet like tweeted out like you, everyone knows many occasions of my love towards the Last of Us Part Two. But I like I see for this I tweeted out myself like if your, if your argument for how bad this game is what is because of an agenda, you've lost the argument. Type of thing. I saw a couple of people leave my tweet. I was like, oh,
0: thank you. Oh yeah, like it's it's good. <laughs> it's that's actually good. I like it when that happens when yeah, it's yeah. like you know okay I'm tweeting about trans issues right and it's like oh it's someone left good good. (laughs) (laughs) like if that's the the line yeah go it's fine bye yeah yeah that's it is it's uh sometimes you go oh really like that person but
1: hey the good thing is that i never know i never realized i I just saw the number go down i just didn't realize who went and i was just like well good riddance if i knew who you were i would find your name and just block you all together but it's all good
0: (laughs) yeah it's fine (laughs) we're good, <laughs> but it kind of threw me for a, in a bit of a funk, a mm. social media funk.
1: So, yeah, I won't lie; I still get like I'm like like I said to you, I'm cold turkey in it right now. So like I'm still like getting a little bit like I realized now. Now I'm getting into a new addiction, basically. I, like I was obviously you know I have two monitors and everything like that. So basically, both monitors will have YouTube on. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like Eddie on that with- one listening to one listening to one thing and then randomly just checking what am I going to listen to next <laughs> type of
0: thing can I interest uh, like... you in, in in video essays really. like they're the future of YouTube even though they're the past of YouTube but they're the future of YouTube I watched today I watched Sarah Z's new video which was an hour and a half it was an hour, an hour and a half video about Twilight fandom it's brilliant <laughs> I loved it I love shit like that like, I can happily sit down and watch, like, hours-long videos about stuff. Like, like the Vampire Diaries video you, I, you saw when I like, tweeted the, that. Yeah, yeah. was like, yeah, that I video is it's amazing. The... It's like. yeah. <laughs> what yeah. So, YouTube's for, Moody. People are always surprised when they're like, oh, so you like games, yeah, and you're a gaming podcaster, yeah, and you're a streamer, yeah, and oh, you do gaming on, stuff on YouTube, yeah. Like, what gaming, po- what gaming channels and podcasts do you watch? None. None, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no clip. And then they're always like, what's no clip? And I'm always like, oh, my sweet summer child. Let me introduce you to know, the concept of video game documentaries. This isn't about video game documentaries today, really. This is about. So many things. <laughs> in Tell this week's episode, are, we discuss Google Stadia closing its internal development studios, the director of the Ori series criticizing developers for overhyping their games, Warner Brothers trying to patent the Nemesis system, and more. As always, there are timestamps in the description below the video on YouTube and also wherever you get your podcasts on an audio platform, uh, there's timestamps there, I don't know how they work I don't know how they work on YouTube, because you just click it and it goes boop and it takes the other thing I assume that's how it works, on, like iTunes and Spotify and stuff but they're there, so you know if you want to skip stuff or you want to skip straight to certain things yeah, go for it
1: we don't mind Yeah, if you set it up on Podbeam, like you do it'll transfer
0: what you've put
1: to the other ones so
0: yeah, we don't mind. We're yeah. just happy that you're here. Yeah.
1: We're always happy that you're here, ladies and gentlemen. Doing the good, doing the bad, doing the mediocre days. Ugly. We're always happy that
0: you are here. There's definitely ugly days, I'd say as well. Oh hell yeah! Like, we have some ugly podcasts. Sometimes. But
1: even though there's some crazy ass news and some lot lot of news, I think we're gonna have a fun time. I don't today, think this either. is a bad one.
0: I don't like. We've got yeah. a lot of things to talk about. There are some bad things in here. That are bad companies companies bad. But um and also, bonus, you don't get thirty minutes of me. I'm really trying to understand the stock exchange. Oh my god, that I won't lie. I think by the end of that episode
1: my brain was fried. Well, after that segment or so I like I can't remember after
0: that segment <laughs> No I'm what the we talked right? about. It's like I looked I looked up the episode I looked up the episode number, like to make sure I got the number right. And like literally the title of the of the podcast is like reddit versus wall street and i was like yeah i remember talking about that i don't remember well, any of the other yeah. any of the other things that we talked about last week
1: yeah i think i, I think did i rant about another studio being crap
0: and terrible oh yeah there was um there was a studio yeah that yeah the, their founder and their ceo and their cfo or shit douchebags yeah yeah that was yeah. one but yeah it was just game right yeah. Um which is what it's called now on the internet it's GameStong. Go figure. <laughs> but let's talk about Google instead. because We <coughs> love Google. Google Stadia is closing its internal studios and Jade Jade Raymond is leaving. This is from Andy Chalk over at PC Gamer. He writes Google announced that it's closing its internal Stadia Game Development Studios and shifting its focus to the further development of Stadia's streaming platform and technology instead. Assassin's Creed co-creator Jed Raymond, who joined Google in 2019 to head up its development operations, is leaving the company as a result of the change. Quote, Given our focus on building on the proven technology of Stadia, as well as deepening our business partnership partnerships, we've decided that we will not be investing further in bringing exclusive content from our internal development team, SG&E, beyond any near-term planned games. Uh, over the coming months, most of the sg team will be moving on to new roles. We're committed to working with this talented team to find new roles and support them. That was their Stadia boss, Phil Harrison, talking. The Stadia platform itself will continue to operate as it has with both a pre-basic service and subscription-based Stadia Pro offering. But the focus going forward will be on helping external developers and publishers take advantage of the technology, which Harrison said is the best path to building Stadia into a long-term sustainable business that helps grow the industry. Quote, we're committed to the future of cloud gaming and will continue to do our part to drive this industry forward. Our goal remains focused on creating the best possible platform for gamers and technology for our partners, bringing these experiences to life for people everywhere. End quote. According to Kisaki, which broke the news of the closure before it was officially announced, the closure will affect roughly 150 developers. Google did not reveal details about which, if any, in-development projects will be halted by the shutdown. You're muted. <laughs> you know, it's, it's yeah. Just, <laughs> just push the button. Just push the button. <laughs> so first of all, like I said,
1: that no one heard the first time. Uh, I want to shout out Insomniac Games because they literally tweeted out basically, like I think shortly after this, that's saying, yeah, we've got jobs available. You're looking for a job. Hit us up, type of thing. Send us your CVs out and everything like that. So shout out to them, and I think a couple of more have done that as well. So shout out to them for that. It's it's an amazing thing to do to show that even though crappy times like this, the the companies will come together to help out as best best they can. So which is obviously good. Um, Terribly disappointing for all the developers who have worked on this and everything like that. I'm obviously and I do hope they all land on their feet as fast as possible. are we surprised by this let's just be frank and honest to you. we're not actually surprised if I think if I, I I don't think I've heard anyone say they're surprised by this or anything like this um they are they're getting ready for the end of this they're trying something new they're re-pivoting type of thing basically like friends pivot pivot type of thing and just that's all they're doing is shout and pivot all the time until they finally will land on the part of yeah let's just shut this thing down. They've given a try. Well, did they actually give it a really no. good hard ass try? They never really did. They, they never really at all. And Phil Harrison, like <laughs> he's... the guy, he's like, he went. He was he was there for PlayStation three. He left. So he's like, my job is my done. my job here He'll is go done. The Xbox <laughs> when the Xbox One comes out, he my leaves. job he's here done. is done, <laughs> and he's gone on the stadium and he's. I, I don't, if we, I will not be surprised if we hear that Phil Harrison leaves eventually, and if we're just going to be saying the same thing. My his job is done while the thing is burning down, basically. Uh, we're, and it sucks. I'm just... Uh, like, let's... This, this had so much potential. Let's just be frank. This had a lot of potential, and I do think there's still a chance for this type of thing to truly go into something great xbox has shown it really can work but they're taking really good baby steps and they're also giving you games to play on the bugger that helps as well um but yeah this is just this had a bad taste in it right from the beginning
0: and it just continued to go well we asked the question almost immediately that was i feel like was never truly answered by google which is who is this for and we never, we we never were able to find an answer for that. And it turns out Google was never <laughs> able to find an answer for that either. It's like, what? Yeah. Who is this for? Like, it's for people who don't need it, which is which was like the 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 answer we came to when we tried to to figure it out. Um, I also just want to point out that on top of <laughs> Phil Harrison, I, I crawl through his Wikipedia really quickly. On top of Phil Harrison being involved with the PlayStation Three launch, the Xbox One launch, and the Google Stadia launch, he was also <laughs> he also worked for Gaikai for a while right before they went almost went under and got bought by Sony. <laughs> um, so Sony a- sent them to Gaikai so they could buy it on a cheaper price. I wanna, like there's <laughs> an amazing joke in in, um, in the good place. <laughs> There's an amazing joke in the Go Place where one of the the evil characters is just like, there's a reason I took the form of a 45-year-old man, white man. I can only fail upwards. And I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. And I
1: mean... Yeah. He's gone
0: from a trillion-dollar company to another trillion-dollar company. I don't have anything personally against Phil Harrison, and I don't know the man personally, but... How does this keep happening? How does he sell himself so well to be able to get hired? I don't know. I he launched the PS3, which was the only like d- comparative to like the other PlayStation's this is the only one that did really badly, especially at launch. The Xbox One, where he took the market leader, not including Nintendo, like he, the market leader, and took them in the second place. Stadia didn't even release any games. Like it makes me laugh at his thing that you wrote, where he was like, <laughs> "We've decided." We will not be investing further in bringing exclusive content from our internal development team. It's like, further? The word further is doing, doing some work in that sentence. You didn't give us any exclusive games. Like, the games that the Google Stadia internal development team are working on, I don't think they've ever been announced. <laughs> like, I don't know what they are. <laughs> they've, had exclusive. Or- <laughs> they've had some exclusives. They've some, had some timed exclusives from, like, fair parties. Um, like a few indie games. Um, yeah, but like even games that were co- like even games after that initial Stadia push, which were like being heavily promoted by Stadia, like Baldur's Gate Three. Even they had the good sense to be like, yeah, we're gonna be on Steam as well. Yeah. Um, this is the thing, really, that should have
1: weighed a year. And come out when Odyssey, not Odyssey, uh, when come out when Valhalla came out last year because they were trying to push it. You can play Valhalla and Odyssey. You thinking Odyssey came out last year, dude. I've played it. I'm done. Oh, no, <laughs> I right. love the game. I love Odyssey. I've said that many times, but I'm just like, I played it. I'm not going back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to like... rebuy it to play on your thing. Like no, no. go away.
0: Like you want me? To... Yeah, exactly. It's like you want me to buy the games you for your streaming service even if I've got a pro subscription why <laughs> I have a Playstation 5 <laughs> like why would I time, do that the time I had a Playstation 4 and an Xbox One X mm-hmm. like why would I do that <laughs>
1: yeah it's obviously the thing that's obviously the terrible market and the terrible pulse terrible shebang with it has been absolutely got disastrous But then you've got Microsoft with Game Pass just come out and they've just spanked them so easily. Uh, It's funny, funny when it comes to that, and it's
0: yeah. Like we can see the future of of game streaming, like in in services like Game Pass for Android um, and on Switch. Where it's like, that's how you play Hitman 3. Like you would never be able to play Hitman 3 on Switch, but you can play Hitman 3 on Switch because it's cloud streaming. Like that that opens up Switch to actually have a bunch of these PS5 and Xbox Series X games, third party games, to actually be playable on the on the Switch console. Like that, that you can see. Like avenues of the future, the, I think the problem is <clears throat> with Google's future was they were trying to they were trying to put themselves out there as saying like you you can get this service and never need another console again, which had some flaws. One of them being very few of the brand new released games were actually coming out on Stadia, and and two that that strategy is not going to work until everyone has internet fast enough to be able to play Stadia as I most infamously proved sometime last year, it's like, Stadia is great if you have the internet for it. And, <laughs> and got criticized for not I, having I, the internet for it. I hate, I hate to point that out again, but not everybody's got the internet. In fact, I'd go so far as to say the majority of people don't have the internet to use Stadia. Yeah.
1: That's why Game Pass has a double that allows you to download the games and everything, okay. so... Yeah, so... Yeah,
0: Like, that's why was- Sony doesn't push PlayStation Now that hard. Because people might accidentally sign up for it and then have terrible experiences and blame PlayStation Now. So they just kind of have it off to the side and don't mention it all that much.
1: It's like that one uncle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the uncle, my uncle, that works at Nintendo. <laughs> Oh, bringing back all the oldies. <clears throat> Speaking of that one uncle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the segues tonight, Amy. Oh, I'm on fire at night. Ori director criticizes developers for overhyping games with lies and deception. <clears throat> this is from Marie DeLessandri over at gamesindustry.biz. Who writes, Moon Studios CEO and Ori game director Thomas Maller. Called out other studios for misrepresenting their games ahead of launch. In a long reset era post titled quote, "Why are games so eager? To, why, sorry, why are gamers so eager to trust and forgive the snake oil salesman?" Mailer particularly targeted industry veteran Peter Molyneux, no Man's Sky developer Sean Murray, and Cyberpunk 2077 studio CD Projekt Red. He accused them of lies and deception, selling features that don't exist, and, by overhyping their games, making fools of the players. He also criticized journalists for, quote, happily playing along each and every single time, end quote. Preempting criticism from readers, he added that he's not being bitter or shitting on, o- on other devs, but that he but that he is, quote, shitting on liars and people that are okay with openly deceiving others, end quote. Uh, quote, it all started with Molyneux, Mailer wrote. He was the master of, instead of telling you what my product is, let me just go wild with what I think it could be and get you all excited. And that was fine, until you actually put your money down and the game was nothing like what Peter was hyping it up to be. End quote. He then attacked Sean Murray, saying that Hello Games MD seemed to have learned straight from the Peter Molyneux handbook and that he... Apparently loved the spotlight. (coughs) Mailer argued that at launch, No Man's Sky was nothing like what Murray hyped it up to be. He also called out his industry peers for for forgiving Hello Games after the studio released updates to introduce missing features. Quote, They released a bunch of updates, so let's forget about the initial lies and deception, and hey, let's actually shower him with awards again, because he finally kind of sort of delivered on what he said the game would be years earlier. Thanks, Jeff Keeley. Rewarding that kind of behavior will surely help the industry grow stronger. End quote. Finally, he criticized CD Projekt Red with Cyberpunk 2077 only being a fraction of what the developer hyped it up to be, adding that the studio's PR department quote, took all the cues from what worked for Molyneux and Murray and just went completely apeshit with it. Every video released by CDPR was carefully crafted to create a picture in players' minds that was just insanely compelling. They stopped just short of outright saying that this thing would cure cancer. End quote. Continuing his rant, he said that this type of behaviour from game developers is wrong and shouldn't happen anymore. Quote, Don't paint a picture that you'll not be able to deliver. Just don't fucking lie to me. You're fucking over gamers. You're fucking over journalists. That should know better, so shame on you. And you're fucking over other developers. End quote. (laughs) It's for anyone he didn't talk shit about, <laughs> uh, EA, Ubisoft, Activision. Oh, there's nothing well, wrong with yeah. EA, Ubisoft, and Activision. Come on, it's all about it's all about 12 <laughs> persons development studio, Hello Games. Like,
1: wow, yeah, he he went to town. Like, seriously, went to town. Um. Yeah. Uh, okay, No Man's Sky, we all know, has a very, very long history of all, of all yeah. the overhypeness and everything. We Let's know break this. this down piece by yeah. piece. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the only way we can do this, basically. So, going for No Man's Sky. Tell me if I'm wrong here, and I know you will. <laughs> that's you why I love you I so you much. I do believe Sean Murray has come out and says it was overhyped, we messed up, type of thing. Yes, correct. So... I, I do see where uh, who is it who is this Tom Thomas Tom Mallow Thomas Mallow is coming from. I understand that type of thing, but uh, but I also for me I'll always take my cap <laughs> off to a person who comes out and says we fucked up. We I apologize for this. We're going to get this sorted, and all interpret on all and all points to leading towards especially what you've told me before they have hit what they've always meant to be when it came to no man's sky yes it took some time yes should the game should have just probably been delayed until it was truly ready i'll never deny that never never deny that that should always happen in everything that's why i'm always mixed when it comes to um the games of a service because they're always holding back content so they can try and get you back in three or six months bloody later type of thing if only that was um, the
0: case with Avengers. happened <laughs> 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 yeah,
1: but where's the Avengers hit, man? Come on, Thomas. Come on, dude. But yeah. Um, so I see where he's coming from, both ends, but I do take my cap off to Sean Murray. He has come out and apologized, and they have fixed it.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, all the
1: the, premise, all just, all
0: the, the, the game should have come out in early access. Was think we said that. At like oh, even that, yes. Yeah. They should have, have done that. Yeah. But, like, yeah, it's like Sean Murray did come out. He actually said a bunch of things that were an apology, a proper apology, not an Activision Blizzard apology. And, wow, I'm just, I'm just taking that Thomas Muller energy and I am just shooting it at the people who actually deserve it. Um... (laughs) But like, yeah, it's like Sean Murray knows his mistakes and he admitted his mistakes. Like his mistakes yeah. were talking talking enthusiastically about what he wanted the game to be, not necessarily what the game actually was. Yeah, um, like going on one of those big talk shows in America,
1: he should never have done, he should have stayed away from that bugger.
0: Yeah, he also had no PR. So like, as much as I would want, as much as I do criticize Sean Murray for doing and saying the things that he did he had no pr he had no pr training and sony kind of left him to hang like
1: yeah yeah um
0: because they were heavily pushing the game um mm-hmm. before it came yeah, out it was,
1: what was it it's l- it closed an e3 or closed the playstation experience it did something it was at a playstation
0: yeah. thing yeah. i don't know what when it was i think it was when playstation was still quite bad at e3s um, because it was that weird period before they got good, really good at them that they were quite bad at them, <laughs> and I tend to forget those ones. But yeah, it's just like yeah. I mean, maybe not go so hard on. It. And like the the thing about giving it awards, I mean, it's an award category called like best ongoing game. Like No Man's yeah. Sky is one of the best ongoing games. Sorry, sorry, Thomas. Yeah, um, it, it does is. Deserve, it does deserve the love of finally
1: getting there. And he like say if he didn't if he didn't own up into his mistakes I'll be right there with you Thomas and I'll be saying yeah you should not be getting all this love that's uh, shame on you Jeff Keeley type of thing and Jeff Keeley's already gets a he gets love and hate from both of us on the many occasions from it from, from from we talk about him and everything like that but I don't think Jeff Keeley's done anything wrong when it comes to this and everything like that
0: but um hopefully he <laughs> doesn't nominate the games there's that as well or <laughs> choose who wins part. the awards yeah yeah that's the thing
1: I think. I think people really keep forgetting that, know, which is right. weird. weird, isn't it? He only has one award, and that is the best game award. And he only has one vote. <laughs> <laughs> there aren't 20,000 Jeff Keeleys to vote for the game he won. Because if there was, Death Stranding would have won that Death game. Death Stranding would gentlemen. have won
0: everything, ev- all yeah. the time, ever.
1: <laughs> so, um, so yeah, uh, I think we broke down the. Game
0: yeah, I get. What, I mean, yeah, far. I get what Thomas Mail is saying. Right, it's just like I don't do, don't yeah. release a game that you know you say is one thing, but is actually another thing. Like, I get yeah. it. I get that. I get yeah, that. I understand that.
1: Yeah. Who do you want to go to next? Peter Molyneux. Let's or do, or let's,
0: let's go. Let's go back in time because Peter Molyneux. I haven't thought about Peter Molyneux in a long, long time, Moody. <laughs> but I,
1: I'm trying to remember who this guy is. This is the guy it's that published right. this guy. Yeah, Fable.
0: Was going to be yeah a... he was just like I'm just pressing this button one button it's type yeah. of thing in it wasn't it yeah no, but the, yeah I mean that wasn't sort of a, so much of a revolutionary thing it was, it was one button combat and you know Fable three did have one button combat and it was bad it was bad it was very bad the bugger um, has an OBE yeah yeah is our queen just dishing about anybody these days I mean Fa- Fable. F- for all of the g- things that Fable and Fable Two were not anywhere near the games Molyneux said they would be, like I mean, they were still pretty popular games, right? Like
1: that's true. That is true. Yeah, and now his
0: studio uh, actually is liked
1: Fable Two. How dead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Peter Molyneux is, is a guy you overhypes like hype Chris We all know this, I mean- and he's. He's—he's. I think he's the full-on architect of the meaning of (laughs) overhypeness.
0: He's the—he's the guy that, like, if you look it up in a dictionary, like it's his face. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm reading his Wikipedia now. I'm crawling through his Wikipedia, and like, I'm thinking, I was remembering Fable, right? Like, I was so excited for the Fable games, like especially the first two, because they were gonna be. And I was, I was a teenager, right? So I didn't know any better about, like, snake oil salesmen, as, as Thomas Mailer called them. So I was just like, oh, my God, this is going to be the game. This is going to be the only game I'm ever going to need to play, right? And then, obviously, they weren't anything like that. And my disappointment, knows no, knows no end. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's still going. I'm still disappointed in Fable. <laughs> but I've just gone on his Wikipedia, and it's just reminded me about the fucking thing with the cube. Do you remember the cube? Uh No. Oh, wait! It was like, what's in the cube? And it was like a cube, and you could everybody could go and chip away at the cube.
1: It must have been around when I had my gap between gaming. Oh my god! It
0: was, it was the worst thing ever.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't. Like, I, I, for everyone to know, for everyone to know, like, I have a gap where. I pretty much missed the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, yeah. I came back at the end when the PlayStation 4 was about to start.
0: Yeah, so, like, so. you could go and you could do the cube, right? Curiosity, what's inside of the cube, it was called. And everybody logged in and they chipped away at the cube. And you could, like, start from anywhere. It was a really big cube. And, like, you could, like, chip away. And whoever got into the middle first... Yeah. won the prize but nobody knew what the prize was what's in the cube Peter Molyneux was like it's going to be amazing and those of us who were old enough to remember were like it's not going to be amazing <laughs> <laughs> but it might be and that's the problem <laughs> oh, so God. everybody was chipping away at this thing and then I think I can't remember what was in the cube I can't remember what was in the cube I'm going to click it because it'll tell me because I remember someone actually getting into it, it was like, he said it was going to be life changing Um, And then it was someone called Brian Henderson from Scotland managed to get in um, in May 2013. Um, The winner was identified. He was given the option to either keep the contents of the cube to himself or share it with the public. Molyneux announced that Henderson opted to share the prize. According to the video that Henderson saw in 22 cans posted on YouTube the day the experiment ended, the contents inside of the cube included the ability to be the sole all-powerful digital god within 22 cans' upcoming release of Godus, and to reap a small portion of all of the incoming revenue that was brought in by the game. Um, I mean, I guess in theory, I guess in theory it's a good prize. The problem was, Moody, Godus never came out. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: oh my God! According to this, like Henderson, as of January 2015, Henderson received little to no contact with 22 cans. Uh, and in light of recent departures from the studio, along with lasting issues with multiplayer, Henderson likely won't be able to collect any portion of the game at all. And once he does, it will only be for six months or less if another player overthrows him. Which was a thing you could apparently do, like people could then overthrow the person who won the thing. It was a whole thing. And, like, I don't know what that had to do with the new story. I just remembered it and I feel like I needed to inflict the memory of
1: that. I think that's a perfect metaphor of, of, of Peter Molyneux in itself that he overhyped a cube for nothing. And that's what he is. And that's just what this whole statement is. It's like complete overhyping the games and lying deceptions. And
0: Peter Mully, is arguably one of the biggest architects of all of this. And oh, I tell a lie. It, sorry, Godus did get released uh, into oh. into early access on Steam. It never left early access on Steam. And uh, according to this, no, no one plays it. Like for, In 2016, it was reported that there was literally no one playing anyway, so... Bloody hell! Uh, so yeah, I think that's a perfect wrap up for Pillar and, and let's get
1: into the thing that we've loved talking about in 2021, here, because we finished talking about it in 2020 as well. I fucking Cyberpunk someone. 2077, and the Studio CD
0: Project Red. Thanks, Thomas. We were just, we, we just, you broke the streak. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah, we know they lied. We know this. They, like, like with my rank a couple of weeks ago, also threw their QA under the bus. Um, they completely lied to all of us, and that's basically the gist of it, and it is. They overhyped this game. Like, going from the article from uh, Jason Snyder, uh, that was like, what was the, the 2018 demo or the 2017 demo, was fake, basically. Uh, the, whole, the whole thing was just... A complete mess in the rain that the game should have come out in 2022 at the l- earliest could have it should have been maybe even later than that but um yeah it's a whole whole thing about it and but oh i'll give credit to also for thomas here that yo journalists you're not you are just as liable to this lie and everything. the amount of shit you allow studios and everything to get away with just so you can get the Exclusive rights to get the piece on for this game, or talk about this game, so so you can uh, do, uh, do market this game and everything on your site. It's like it's a whole, whole, a whole thing of that journalistic journalistic integrity is very low sometimes, and but we we uh, we've also we've seen things where it's at the highest where journalists have come together like to help the lady from who was basically getting people trying to kill her because of the because the game caused epileptic fits and i think we saw the journalists all coming together the band together and tell everyone to piss right off in effing and and the idiot who was trying to orchestrate this and all that and it was just a whole it was a whole thing and don't be deceitful and don't lie
0: ladies and gentlemen yeah it would have been I mean, the in well, the industry it would have been nice if if um, if certain journalist sites not all of them hadn't just 100% decided their entire job was to feed into the cyberpunk 2077 hype machine um and actually you know used a little bit of critical thinking when it came to the things that they were seeing from CD project red that some of us out here in the wild west of game criticism might have been pointing out for a very long time. And you could have been doing that. She should give Keith a call, she, actually.
1: She's <laughs> not wrong now, Liz, don't she? is not wrong.
0: Yeah. like, And I'm not the sole person who is doing it, but at the same time, it's like when... It's the little voices going, hey, what about this? And then it's the big voices, like your IGNs and your game spots just going, but it's such, it's going to be the, it's going to change your life. Like, essentially, they were like the Peter Molyneux of, of Cyberpunk 2077. It's going to be they life-changing. A bit, yeah. Like, it's going to be a life-changing event. Look, Keanu's in it. They like, are a little bit, yeah. But what about the transphobia and the racism? But Keanu's going to be in it. <laughs> like that Simpsons episode with the doll, but she's got a new hat. Shout out
1: to Sterling! Shout out to Sterling! Yeah, they've called it out like how it is, and shout out to them! Yeah,
0: yeah, I'll give that.
1: Polygon did a pretty good job as well. Yeah, so did uh, the Bloomberg Jason Snyder. I think his article was really. I mean, yeah,
0: Jason Schreier was getting shit from influencers. For just basically not letting CD project right off the hook about crunch, and it's just like, yeah, fine. You shouldn't. No one should. <coughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> for any reason. Yeah. Like you can think a game is going is going to be good and be excited for a game and still be critical of the company making the game. Like those two things mm-hmm. aren't mutually exclusive.
1: Yep. Like I've said it many times, I've said it twice, or so one the second time I'm gonna bring it up. I loved Last of Us Part Two. Naughty dogs were condemned by me for the QA, for the testing and everything, and the crunch and the whole shebang when it came to that game. It's crazy. They, it was crazy when it came to that, and they should never have done that. No, they and should. They, and they deserved the backlash for the for that type of crunch. What they did for the game, but they still gave out a game which is arguably the best game of the last two years in general for me. But just don't do it again. No, <laughs> don't do it again. Yeah,
0: something like that. Yeah, don't do it again. I'm watching you, Neil Druckmann. I'm not, but... Neither you know. am I, actually. I don't follow him because he follows JK Rowling on Twitter. But we're we're, we're sort of watching places that talk about you. Yeah, yeah. how about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We should, yeah.
1: And I'm not looking. Actually, I'm not following you because I'm not on social media anymore.
0: So I'm good. <laughs> oh, you're going to get all your news from me. Like when you
1: share clips, sorry, but when you like share clips in our chat, that's on Twitter. I just click on it and it comes up. Do you want to sign in? No. What is it?
0: (laughs) Ah, (laughs) Ah, Someone might have into Resident Evil. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: saw Sophia that she was like, "Oh my god!" (laughs) I only
0: share the best stuff on 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 our group chat. Like I don't share any of the news. I just share the stupid shit. Mm -hmm. The news comes in this podcast. That's true. (laughs) Like PlayStation Five. Sold 4.5 million units in less than two months. This is from Matthew Handrahan over at GamesIndustry.biz. He writes: The PlayStation 5 sold 4.5 million units in the holiday quarter, despite 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 supply shortages making the hardware difficult to find. While Sony Interactive Entertainment had already said that the PlayStation 5 launch set a new record, Sony Corp's third-quarter results offered the first official sales figures. The new console hit 4.5 billion units less than two months after its launch on November 13, 2020. The PlayStation 4 also sold 1.4 million units during the quarter. Sony Interactive Entertainment's operating income was hampered by the cost of production of the PS5. According to Sony, quote, strategic price points for PS5 hardware were set lower than the manufacturing costs, end quote. Even with the new console launch, the majority of SA's revenue still came from software, which helped to balance the impact of selling the PS5 at a loss. PlayStation Plus hit 47.4 uh, million subscribers during the third quarter, up from 38.3 million in the same quarter last year, with 114 million mo- uh, MEUs. What'd that stand for again? Monthly active users across the network. And then I added a second story to the end of this story from GamesIndustry.biz, because I thought they the same thing. Yeah, so busy. I'll just add it on. Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales sold 4.1 million units worldwide in a month and a half. Having launched on November 12th, Insomniac's game had shifted these copies by December 31st, 2020, Sony said in its earnings call. Spider-Man Miles Morales was the PS5's biggest launch game in the UK, though sales didn't quite reach the height of 2018's Marvel Spider-Man in the country. The title debuted at number 3 in the UK charts, with 71% of its sales going to PS5. Sales for the title were boosted around Christmas with a 46% rise that helped it climb to number six.
1: Woo, woo. High numbers! Trin. PlayStation have sold a lot of PlayStation 5s. What a
0: surprise. Um, imagine, if, imagine if they made enough for everyone who wanted one.
1: Wah, 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 wah.
0: They'd have lost even more money. <laughs> uh congratulations
1: sony you've put out a cracking console what amy tells me what everyone else tells me and with the demand for the bloody consoles it seems like everybody's <laughs> basically wanting one of them how about you sort out your <laughs> your your system so you can sell still, more consoles and everything i still feel but, uh, really
0: bad for the fact that when the ps5 came out and you probably didn't want to hear anything about it you had to set up a podcast for an hour and a half of me talking about playstation 5 <laughs> about just, i don't care about that whatsoever <laughs>
1: um congratulations congratulations to miles morales and, and insomniac that's the uh, miles Morales game right, i really loved that game i thought it was one of my favorite games of the year uh, i gave it a big shout out with our best games of the year li- uh, list and it deserves it. Insomniac I mean, have done, done some fantastic games over the last few years, and they just keep on pumping out some great games. And I'm looking forward to see what they do next, which is probably Spider-Man 2, um, but um, which we'll hopefully might be might we might see sometime maybe this year, for sometime next year or the year after for when it releases. But uh, who knows? We'll see what happens when Sony to actually mean. talk about it. But you forgetting Ratchet and Clank, a rift apart. I don't know it's Russian. I know the job in another game this year, which is going to be probably just as great. We're just going to get some beautiful points on a uh, fantasy critic and everything like that. So it's all good. Ow.
0: I'm not worried if that's what that look was was about. I'm not worried either. I mean, don't worry. I have the game with the tall vampire lady in it. I have the game. I have the game. Everybody's been talking about. (laughs) This is where you don't want journalists to have integrity for that game, do you want? It has a tall
1: vampire lady and it's a ten out of ten, guys. (laughs) Come on,
0: come on. (laughs) It's also a pretty good game. Um, We hope. We hope. Yeah, no, that's everything. I guess he said everything I would have said. Congrats, Sony. Thanks for selling the console at a loss so like people like me could actually afford to buy one. I really appreciate it. Um I imagine stocking so like issues. <laughs> I imagine you're making money the money back off of me being a PS plus subscriber for that for that sweet, sweet. For like they've killed it for the last two months on the free games front, like the PS plus games front. And then obviously there's yeah. the PS Plus collection as well. Um which I, if I didn't already own Bloodborne, I would have made you of over of Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> but I did already own that game, so it's like, yeah, well, um, yeah. And also, I saw out your stocking issues because Moody wants one too.
1: <laughs> my nephew wants one. I want one. Everybody wants one, but just two for me. And my nephew, please, though.
0: Yeah, just two. Just send. In fact, you know what? Call me. We'll work something out. Um, sticking with the PlayStation theme. MLB The Show is coming to both PlayStation and Xbox consoles on April 20th. This is from Taylor Lyles over at The Ferge, who writes, We already knew Sony's beloved sports-exclusive MLB The Show would release on additional consoles as early as 2021. Today, Sony announced that MLB The Show 21 will release on April 20th on the PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X and S. This is the first entry on the MLB The Show series that will release on Microsoft's home consoles, but Sony isn't just offering the game on the Xbox for the first time. MLB The Show 21 will also support full cross-platform progression, cross-saves, and online multiplayer between PlayStation and Xbox consoles. Similar to other cross-gen titles like Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, Madden NFL 21 and NBA 2K21, MLB The Show 21 will retail for different prices depending on which version you buy. If you get the standard edition on PS4, or Xbox One, it will cost $60. On PS5 or Xbox Series X/S, it'll cost $70. If you purchase the standard edition on last-gen PS4, or Xbox One, and upgrade to a next-gen console, you won't be able to upgrade your copy of the game to the PS5 or Xbox Series X/S version. However, Sony's FAQ page revealed that if you buy the collector's edition of MLB The Show 21, you'll receive both the current and next-gen versions of the game. That last part's confusing. It's not really the part I want to talk about, though. <laughs> PlayStation Studio. About? I want to talk about the fact that, like, you could get this disc on your Xbox and you could put it in your Xbox and then it could go. Dah, 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 PlayStation Studios. Uh, we totally didn't copy Marvel. <laughs> The PlayStation Studios logo. I've seen I it know. a bunch when I've been playing Destructions All Stars. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's very Marvelous. I'd I forgotten about it until I started playing <laughs> Destruction All Stars, and then I was like, <laughs> I forgot about it. like lol. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, this uh, no, I hear nothing but great things about the game uh, ML MLB and everything like that. But um, this was a bit of a surprise. So it's obviously, out. Microsoft and Sony are talking. And obviously i'm wondering is there a microsoft exclusive coming over to playstation down the line maybe yeah it's called elder scrolls 6 <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna lie you're probably right there or oh, it's um starfield i'm not gonna lie yeah that this is probably how they're doing it this might you might be right there amy i'm not gonna
0: lie um sorry, I'm like shit we were gonna we were gonna buy the exclusivity for all of these games America, I we, remember, tied, we just really bought the right? fucking studio, so fuck you, fuck you, boys. I'm sure that's not how it went, but uh, yeah, no, like there will be Xbox Game Studios games coming out on on PS5. There already are. There's like Minecraft and stuff, but um, yeah, like it's just nice. It's just nice. It's nice okay. to see they are talking and that they, are... they can collab a little bit. <laughs> like, oh, it is possible. Oh, cross-progression, cross-sales is possible between different consoles? Like, great. Yeah. I wish some other developers respawned. the fuck up about it. <laughs> respawned would actually yeah. do something with that. Um, but yeah, it's like, this is cool. When it happened and it was announced, I saw Xbox 360 trending on Twitter. And, and I clicked it. I didn't, know, I didn't know anything about MLB 21 at the time. And then uh, it was a bunch of very excited fans who were like, I could finally get rid of my Xbox 360 with whatever. There was like a 2014 baseball game, which was like the last baseball game that was released on an Xbox console. <laughs> 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 and I was like, that's oh, that's kind of nice. <laughs>
1: that's kind of neat. That was kind of neat, that. I'm not going to lie. That's really funny. Yeah. Well, however, people have have Wii's just to play Just Dance. So, yeah. <laughs> That's funny, that one. No. yeah. Um, I have a PS2. It, I don't think this. No. Well, this is profound. We know this ain't going to. Blow up with the doors where if all games are going to come cross platform or anything like that for everybody (laughs) and everything like that, we
0: know this, ladies and gentlemen. Let's just be frank and just be Uh, if, if like Horizon or or fucking God of War or something was like also available on Xbox Series S, I will, I will shit myself inside out. (laughs) Yeah, the world would shatter (laughs) if that actually
1: happened. Or if we heard Halo was going to trip PlayStation 5 and everything like that, the world would
0: flipping end. I mean, that, man, to be honest, be- the world is ending and nothing makes sense anymore. So I guess it could, actually, it could actually, happen. actually happen. The rumors come back. There's been rumors this week about Sega again being bought because well, they're, the- they're doing a corporate restructure. So the rumors come back about Sega being bought by Microsoft. And then someone threw in Konami into the into the mix and it was just like, oh, for fuck's sake, not again. <laughs> um but yeah this is cool this is this is fun like i like this um, on so many levels and this is the kind of games industry i want to see where it's just like cool there are no baseball games on xbox so everybody who has an xbox who likes baseball is going to buy the game so even for playstation this is just a no-brainer
1: it really is yeah
0: yeah um i don't know about this upgrade says no like it's a bit iffy me it's a bit iffy yeah i won't lie there um move on. Speaking of a bit iffy. Riot pushes for out-of-court settlement in gender discrimination suit. Moody it's groundhog day. Um, I think we're in Groundhog Day. I'm sure I've I'm sure I've read that headline before. <laughs> this is from Emma Kent over a gamer. He writes, the gender discrimin Moody's just like, ah, right, ready to go. Right. Uh, yep. Uh, 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 um. <laughs> The gender discrimination class action lawsuit against Riot Games is still rumbling on, and it seems Riot is once again attempting to settle the dispute outside of court, as the company is now seeking individual arbitration. The motion for individual arbitration, if approved by the court, would compel the plaintiffs to resolve the suit before a private judge. This would likely take the case out of public view and force the women involved in the battle, involved to battle the company individually. Riot initially attempted to enforce mandatory individual, individual arbitration back in 2019, arguing that some of the plaintiffs involved had waived their right to due to a clause in their employment contract. The company faced huge backlash for doing so. Over 150 employees walked out to protest the forced arbitration system. Riot eventually promised an end to mandatory arbitration for new employees and made a class action settlement offer of $10 million. This, in turn, was rejected in February last year after a fresh legal team was brought in to represent the class-action plaintiffs, with Wright having to deny allegations it colluded with the plaintiff's counsel to reach the preliminary settlement via games, industry, Biz. One state agency claimed the women could actually be entitled to over $400 million. Quote, now that Riot knows it can't settle the case on the cheap, it wants to force Riot women into arbitration, preventing the women from fighting together as a group against the company, said the plaintiff's counsel, Jeannie Harrison. If Riot succeeds, it will pay a private judge huge amounts of money to decide the fate of the women's claims. And all that will happen in secret, with Riot's discriminatory conduct hidden from the public. End quote. According to a press release, the court is currently determining whether Riot's previous attempt to settle the class action lawsuit amounts to a waiver of the mandatory individual arbitration clause included in most of the plaintiff's employment contracts. End quote. Whatever. That's the end of the story. Oh, yeah. Riot, no,
1: they have something on them. <laughs> like, well, a lot on them. And they're like, shit. Shit.
0: <laughs> we have to settle
1: and keep this private as fuck. Or oh, we're losing all of our staff and probably anyone who wants to come and work for this game, for our game and everything like that. Um, they are like, we got to keep this quiet as quick as possible here. And oh god, they are oh, trying, man. they are trying. Um, but just Raya, I'll just say this:
0: you trying this just makes you look even more shady. Also, you idiots. Also, it's the Strazan effect because now we're talking about it again. Yes, we're talking about you again. I um, didn't and want to talk about you. No, really, we, we did this last year. We, as the story points out, we did this last February, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, people riot. walked out. You tried to offer them ten million dollars, but you also colluded allegedly. Sorry, sorry, Keith. You also collude, allegedly colluded with 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 the plaintiff's Council. Which is not something you do if if you think you're doing something the right thing. Um, and then you're also not, it turns out they might be owed forty times the amount of money you owe them. <laughs> you offer yeah, them. This
1: also, yeah, this also tells me they are shit scared of their of their council. Gina Harris. Jeannie Harrison. Yeah, they should yes. be shit. scared G- of G- Jeannie Harrison. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, they're like, oh shit, she has shit on us.
0: Ah. Oh. Genie, Jeannie Harrison knows she's <laughs> going to get fucking paid a lot of money from this. Hell yeah! Riot, as everyone conveniently keeps forgetting, is one of the biggest companies in the world. In the world, <laughs> but just releasing one game, <laughs> like just from one IP, it's like yeah. And and it's just like we've been t- 2018. The story broke um, about everything, all the shit that goes on at Riot, and then like they did. They said a bunch of stuff. They did a bunch of stuff. And I remember saying to Keith on a podcast, like you know what, words are cheap. And we'll see what they do next. Keith's not here to to see the chickens come home to roost, Moody. But you're you're here, so here's I'll hop on Twitter for one day just to send send a message. the ch- the, the chickens <laughs> the, have come home to roost. Come like, home to roost, Keith. Like, He's just back again. What's with all these weird tweets from Moody? Why? Like, it's just <laughs> wait. It's, I thought he left. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just really fucking annoying when it's like I wanted to. Believe that you want to do the right things, riot, But you never quite do, do you? Nope. Nope. Um. I
1: said you're trying to settle
0: out. <laughs> you're trying to settle out. You're trying to settle in private. You're trying to make everybody. You're trying to force everyone involved to settle individually, um, instead of together, which you know will weaken. I imagine all four of the, all. Of, I think it's four, but I'm not gonna. All of the diff- individual defenses. You know, divide and conquer is a saying for a reason, and it's just shay. And well, hopefully the judge company. will say, fuck you. <laughs> you're a shitty That's company a with a lot of money. Speaking of shitty companies with a lot of money... Oh, yeah, I mean, You are I'm on fire. fire with these segways tonight! Amazon is reportedly spending nearly $500 million a year on its video game division. It's almost the budget of Star Citizen. This is from Eric Van Allen over at gamesindustry.biz who writes... Amazon's video game division has been struggling to get off the ground and a report from Bloomberg indicates just how much has been spent trying to make it happen. That's right, people, this is a Jason Schreier story. (laughs) Two sources familiar with Amazon's budget told Bloomberg that the tech giant is spending nearly $500 million a year operating the video game division. This does not include Twitch, the streaming service that Amazon bought in 2014, nor its cloud streaming service, Amazon Luna. Amazon has brought in a number of video game veterans since first setting up its development operation, including Portal designer Kim Swift and Far Cry 2 director Clint Hocking, neither of whom are still with the company. The Bloomberg <laughs> report details issues within Amazon including lack of incentives, struggles with its lumberyard engine, and an internal bra culture where women were not afforded the same opportunities as their male counterparts, according to interviews with over 30 current and former Amazon employees. Amazon struggles to launch a game include cancelling a number of projects, including fantasy sports game Breakaway, and recently the Hero Shooter Crucible. Its MMORPG New Worlds was delayed out of 2020, and is currently set to go live this spring. I don't believe that's going to come out this spring. Um, Amazon found out that game design is hard. <laughs> and apparently you can't just throw money at it to make it easier. Nope, not Imagine really. that. Yeah, uh... I'm just gonna say what I
1: said offline. Oh, another company is throwing in millions of dollars to try and just Billions make themselves so even more richer, where they already are a trillion dollar company. Can could, could arguably help save a bit of the economy, if not safe economy. So, literally, Amazon. Even though I use your site all the time when it comes to like buying stuff, because you know I won't lie, it's a good site. I won't lie there. um But um, screw you. I don't care if you're suffering or sucking at creating video games. It isn't a thing that you can just buy. Yeah,
0: so piss off. There, that's all I'm saying. I mean Crucible was a thing. No one remembers it. I remember. I remember everything. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: remember, remember when it came out.
0: Everything. <laughs> I remember when it got released. I remember when it got unreleased. <laughs> <laughs> and then I remember when it got cancelled all in the space of a few months. <laughs> um also the like the, the full story which I read um on Bloomberg, which is by Jason Shire, I highly recommend that you go and check out the full story because it's in a lot more detail and talks about the people involved and why some of these problems exist, such as Amazon deciding instead of using a different engine, they wanted to create their own engine, which has gone swimmingly. Um That was sarcasm. It's actually gone really, really badly. Um, And yeah, it's just... It's a fascinating look into, into like, how... How much Amazon have fucked this up? Um, Like, how long have they been a game development studio? And I feel like we've been hearing about this for years. They've done nothing. Um, They've hired a bunch of people. Those people have left. Because... (laughs) like the guy in charge of the Amazon games division had never made a game before he was a books guy from Amazon and someone at Amazon was just like we're making a games division you were good at the books thing you should run the games division i left that silence in intentionally for the audio listeners to just really hammer home <laughs> the point of how stupid that is (laughs) like they've put all of these games into development and they've hired all of these really talented like I assume leads like Kim Swift and Clint Hawking and I assume they've hired some really talented developers on the back of it as well but it's just like is anyone making a game there is anyone making a passion project there like is anyone because the two games that we've we've the one game that we've seen that doesn't exist anymore and the one game that's upcoming both theme... both feel like that it's a hero shooter and an MMO. It just sounds like those are games that Amazon are making because those are popular games that will make lots of money. Because oh, those yeah. types and of that games make lots like of, of money.
1: Who has no experience. Uh, literally just typed in popular video games
0: <laughs> genres? What <what's> Fortnite? Um. <laughs> And it's just, it's just like, is anyone there making something they want to make? Funny Truly want to make. Because that's how you make money. Yep. That That's how, that's how you, you, you gain a claim. That's how you gain a claim in the video game industry. You make fucking The Last of Us. You, you make Uncharted. You make God of War. You make Mario. You make things that you want to make.
1: Yeah, Zelda. The mass or effect. You Freaking. you take the
0: Cliff Blazinski route, and you make fucking radical heights, and your company goes out of business. And I like, I, hey, I liked I liked Lawbreakers. I thought it was a great game, but even that was just like we're just going to make a hero shooter because hero shooters are a thing. Uh, 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 and now I can't play Lawbreakers anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, ran over. Let's talk about Mass Effect. Mass Effect Returns, BioWare Talks Trilogy Tweaks and Franchise Revival. This is from Tom Phillips, excuse me, over at Eurogamer. Who writes, Mass Effect Back, the legendary edition of BioWare's beloved trilogy launches on the 14th of May and Shepard's aging space adventures have never looked better. We have plenty of detail on all the upgrades this remaster brings to Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 below, which they do, go over and check it out on Eurogamer, there's like videos and all sorts, but I'm just going to read some of the stuff. But of course, there's more to this impending revival than all that. Sitting down with Bioware to discuss the changes and look to the future, the fact Mass Effect is back on the schedule at all seems like something worth celebrating, considering where the franchise seemed to have been left a few years ago. For fans, there's been an anxious wait for news on whether Mass Effect would continue until the twin announcements late last year of the remastered trilogy and a brand new, still very far off continuation of the series. Let fans breathe once. I'm trying again. Well, I try to breathe because that was a sentence with very few punctuation marks. <coughs> Let fans once again breathe. Easy. Whew. Uh, they talked to Bioware. So, first, some specifics. The Mass Effect trilogy's legendary edition includes 4K support and HDR compatibility, plus 60 FPS on PC and consoles from PS4 Pro slash Xbox One Series X forwards. On PC, it adds support for controllers and 21 x 9 widescreen displays. As expected, all three games and all single-player DLCs are included, apart from one that they can't include in Mass Effect 1 called Pinnacle Station. There's no multiplayer mode, no additional story elements, and no version yet for Nintendo Switch. Mass Effect 1, by far the most dated looking of the trilogy, has undergone a particularly extensive rework with dramatic improvements to some of its environments. The results on planets such as Eden Prime, Ilos, and Pharos look, on first impression, far closer to a full remake. ME1 has also seen other tweaks, including fine requested improvements to the Mako vehicle's often wildly erratic driving experience, various combat changes, and much faster Citadel lifts. Thank fuck. That's not what it says in the story. That was fine. That was all. (laughs) Differences across the whole trilogy include remastered character models, an expanded universal character creator, and the option to use ME3's default female Shepard model throughout. There are noticeable improvements to Shepard's range of available skin tones, hairstyles, and makeup options for a more diverse range of possibilities. Overall, BioWare says there are tens of thousands of updated textures, shaders, visual lighting, visual effects, and lighting changes Plus a new bokeh style depth of field. Check out the full thing at Eurogamer. There's tons more over there. I want to also t- check out the trailer
1: as well. The trailer is hype. The
0: trailer is good.
1: It's the trailer is good, man, that music. Damn, man, I forget how good that Mass Effect soundtrack is, man. That soundtrack is just so so good, and it's like, oh, it is hype. The tra- the the trailer is a great trailer. Um, which is funny, the trailer. Like, I didn't find this out until literally when i watched the what's good games uh reveal let's talk about it with um oh i can't remember her name can't remember her name redhead girl andrea andrea that's it thank you very much it's fine i keep i'm at terrible room names ladies and gentlemen i do apologize me another redhead girl over the naming <laughs> it's orange um, but, actually <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> fine okay um but yeah yeah um that the date was May 15th, because the trailer never said May 15th. It had no trailer whatsoever. And I was like, wait, what? And it didn't have a date at all. I was like, wait, what? Okay, so when, when's this coming out? And then eventually it's May 15th, uh, which um, which I was really happy about. And I'm um, ex of May 14th, should I say. I was saying 15th. My apologies there. Um, what I saw looked really, really good. From the stills. It's a little bit worrying that they wouldn't show us like clips of the game. But apparently going off what all the people I've watched talk about it saying they're heavy in polishing like polishing this game right now. The game is ready, they're just polishing, QA mm-hmm. testing and, and polishing like crazy for it, which hopefully they aren't crunching for it. I'm looking at you
0: Bioware. Um and they're doing a good job for it. But um yeah. You trying am- to imply that Bioware would, would would hold back showing gameplay of a game for some nefarious purpose. Are you no, saying that Bioware not. would ever do that, ever, in the history of video games? Is that <laughs> <a> the <question? laughs> I was uh, trying to keep a straight face. I know you were. I know you were. <laughs>
1: but no, um, I do hope this is going to be great. I do hope that they hit it and it comes out brilliant. I am looking forward to playing this trilogy again like Alec, like I told you off air, I bought the trilogy I bought it on on PC I'm ready to go ready to install it yeah. go for it 60 frames per second play it on a controller and just smash it like crazy with all the 40 pieces of DLC and I think, And I'm looking forward to this um
0: please don't fuck this up I did agree to do to do a podcast about it so I guess I got to play it as yeah, well Yeah Amy what's your problem with Fast 3? shut up Mooney. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> They, they can't fuck up a remaster, right? Like, they can't fuck up a remaster. You hope not. This is you the easiest thing in the world. Like, comparatively, I know all video game development is a nightmare. It's impossible, and it should never happen. But this is easy. This is easy, Street. This isn't making Anthem. They're remastering th- 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 one of the most beloved video game trilogies of all time. I'm just going to throw it out there. Like, It is. It is. Even I love it. (laughs) Most of it. She does. Most of it. Um and I'm looking forward to playing you know, I'm looking forward to playing all of it again, right? It's been what has it been? Nine, eight, nine years since Mass Effect three? Like Yeah, it was twenty twelve, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like twenty twelve. Um something like that. I'm I'm looking forward to playing it again with an entirely new perspective. Like feels like a lifetime ago since I played Mass. Mass Effect Three, really like, there's so many changes in my life. It'd be hard to to list them all. Uh, <laughs> I I'm am having fun forward. tonight. You are yeah. right. You are right. By the way, at the top of this podcast, you are right. I'm having fun tonight. Well,
1: thank you. Thank you very much.
0: Let's talk. EA investors updates. we we'll talking way outside. more about Mass Effect later this year. <laughs> Uh, I just made some bullet points. There was about four or five different news stories on GamesIndustry.biz that I pulled all of this information from. um, Yep. Because apparently they couldn't just make it one story. It had to be multiples. Um, Okay, so for the three months leading to December 31st, EA's net bookings were up 19% to $2.4 billion. Revenues were up 5% to $1.67 billion. Net income dipped 40% to $211 million. EA Live Services grew 24% to $1.5 billion. Full game sales were up 10% to $858 million. Those are the high-level numbers, the EA numbers. Everything went up, except income. Yeah. <laughs> except their net income, which went down. Um, all in all, they're going to make billions of dollars by the end of the financial year. Is anyone surprised? I'm not surprised. No one's surprised. Let's talk some individual games. Apex Legends saw 30% growth year over year in new players. FIFA Ultimate Team saw a record 6 million active daily players in December. The Sims 4 reached 33 million players, hitting new high marks for daily, weekly, and monthly average players in December. And then these were fun because of the news we talked about a couple of weeks ago. EA's partnership with Disney has generated $3 billion in revenue, and EA has sold 52 million Star Wars games. Just in general. Boycott games. Battlefront 2 really worked, guys. Hey. You girls. I stand by not playing Battlefront 2. <laughs> <laughs> so do I, so I'm good. Um... And I own the game now on um, on Epic. Thank you, Epic. I own the I game on. I own, I own the game on PlayStation. This was a PS Plus game, and not Epic because it was a free Epic yeah. game. It's like yeah. Resident Evil. Oh, yeah. It was a PS Plus game, so I own it on PlayStation. It it's now this this month a Games with Gold game, so I own it on Xbox, and they own it on PC because that's where I originally bought it for the mods for the randomizers. So I was like, I actually could play Resident Evil anywhere. <laughs> Could play it three. Anywhere. I could play it on three things at once if I wanted to. <laughs> Sorry, but uh, yeah, it's like um, he yeah, is doing well. Like the 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 like uh, I I don't know <clears throat> how to word this. The the crunch of the upcoming financial downturn hasn't truly hit uh, yet. People still have money. Um, some people still have money. So th- they need something to do because a lot of them are locked in the houses, And video games is something to do. So numbers will go up. Apex Legends yep. saw 30% growth year over year in new players. I wonder what was different at the end of 2020 <laughs> compared to the end of 2019. Hmm. Given that Apex is a free no, game no, and anybody well, like can we download what, we- it.
1: Like you and me and Keith
0: smashed that game for what, like six months? Weird. It was weird. Yeah, it was like, it was from March to like July time. We totally smashed, we totally smashed Apex Legends and then it kind of tailed off a little bit. Almost like from March (laughs) 2020 to July 2020, there was something that was happening that allowed us a lot of time to play a lot of Apex Legends.
1: It really was. (laughs) I don't know what it was though. I don't know.
0: Which to be mind. fair, like we would still probably be playing quite a bit if Among Us hadn't have taken off in our of, in our massively expanded social group, which is still growing. And obviously phasmophobia is a thing that we play now.
1: And Fall Guys And fall, fall, guys, fall Guys, we play so Fall Guys
0: together. Yeah. Um so yeah. The pandemic is doing some things good things for certain video game publishers. <laughs> I guess. And they sold a lot of Star Wars games, a lot of Jedi Fallen Order. I'd, I'd imagine that game was on sales fake lists all for all of 2020.
1: I still say Battlefronts. So sold both of them.
0: I don't know, and I can't be bothered to find out. Instead, <laughs> let's talk about my two two of my favorite things: Randy Pitchford and THQ Nordic. Borderlands Developer Gearbox acquired by Embracer Group in $1.3 billion deal. This is from Michael McWhair over at Polygon. He writes Borderlands Developer Gearbox Software is now part of the Embracer Group, the parent company that involves includes publishing and development studios, THQ Nordic, Sabre Interactive, Coke Media, Deep Silver, and Coffee Sand Studios. Embraces acquisition of Gearbox, namely the Gearbox Entertainment Company, which encompasses Gearbox software and Gearbox publishing, is worth $1.378 billion, according to a news release. Gearbox founder and CEO Randy Pitchford called the transaction, quote, not merely a stimulant for the talent of our employee owned company, but a propellant for the f- exciting future we have planned, end quote. According to a news release, the deal enables the expansion of talent at Gearbox studios, the creation of new Gearbox studios, and expanded partnerships. During a Q&A session hosted by Embracer Group, Pitchford indicated the deal will not impact the future and existing games in the popular Borderlands franchise. Quote, We love our relationship with, T- with Take-Two and the Tiergate Games label, and we are committed to working together through all of the known and planned Borderlands work that we have going on. I anticipate that we'll continue and make new opportunities together. End quote. Pitchford later clarified that Gearbox has, quote, a relationship with Take-Two where we've agreed on certain rights for exploitation of the IP. The IP is a Gearbox IP, end quote. No, not in quote. No, yes, end quote, because the next, next quote is from 2K Games. Quote, as the proud publisher of the Borderlands franchise, we are happy for our partners at Gearbox in this exciting new chapter for their organisation. The merger does not change 2 UK's relationship with Gearbox, nor our role as the publisher for the Borderlands IP, or any other projects we are currently working on with the studio. We look forward to continuing our long-term partnership with this incredibly talented team, and delivering many more exciting entertainment experiences to gaming fans around the world. End quote.
1: I don't care. <laughs> great. I'm just be honest. Like, great. Like, this is how crazy it is. At the end of like, like, like I came back, like I I've written this episode already. I got I was late to the game in like the PlayStation 3, Xbox three, area. But I've always stated one of my favorite games of that era was Borderlands 2. I absolutely adored that game. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And I stand by that to this day. But then Aliens Colonial Marines came out and then Randy Pitchford just turned into even more of a douchebag. And went even more douchey. And then other douchey things came out. And then Borderlands 3 came out. was announced. And he became even more of a douche.
0: Hey, Randy, did um, you ever find
1: that USB pen? Yeah, did you ever find that? I'm curious. Um, like, I've said it before and I'll say it again. As long as he's there, I can't have any hype for this this company at all or even their games anymore which sucks because like i say borderlands 2 is one of my favorite games of all time i absolutely adored that game Uh, and the dlc for it i i thought they really did a really good job for that game but him still being attached to this company just makes me just go oh for god's sakes man i just have no hype or enthusiasm for gearbox which sucks Wow, you've made more money around the picture. Congratulations, it's piss off now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, the deal does not like remove him as Gearbox CEO. He's still going to be there with his porn on his USB drives and assaulting employees in hotels. These are just the ones I can remember off the top of my head. <laughs> Lying about aliens, colonial marines. Lying about lying about aliens, colonial marines. Passive aggressively trying to start shit with Jim Sterling on Ryan McCaffrey's a podcast show interview thing. Yeah, like, I tried to say
1: a really big guy. You yeah, know, don't
0: do that. Uh, has can't a hard, has a hard on for me.
1: I can't remember his name. Yeah, you do. You, yeah. yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> we know who you do. Even Ryan McCaffrey knew who you were talking about. He's just, he wasn't going to say who it was. He was waiting for you to say who it was. Dude, um, like, uh, again, off, dude.
0: Yeah, this is just the stuff I remember about Randy Pitchford. They joined well, the Embracing Mar-
1: Club. Aliens, Colonial Marines. After it was done and after we got it all fixed, it was a good 7 out of 10 game. 7 out of 10 games I hate the argument. I'd rather have 10 7 out of 7 games than 1 9, the 10 out of 10 game.
0: Fuck off. Depends. <laughs> How long is this 9 or 10 out of 10 game? <laughs> like, are we talking, like, Journey? Or are we talking, like, Yakuza? Or Persona? <laughs> um, like... The uh, It's fine, though, because he's in good company. Because he's... They've joined the Embracer Group, who also on THQ Nordic. You know, that one company that did that AMA on 8chan. <laughs> A message board which is delisted from Google because that's where you find child porn. So they're, they're you know, it's just. It's just. Yeah. He's he, with his people. He's with his people. He's with his people, after long last. <sighs> Maybe if we could just get them all in one. And, I mean, that's not, you know, Deep Silver. I mean, I, I was going to say Cork Media, but, you know, co- I have a significant problem with the Coke Brothers. But, like, you know, Deep Silver, Coffee Scene Studios, they're all cool, you know what I mean? Like, but... You just put THQ Nordic and Randy Pitchford side by side, and it's just like, oh, oh no,
1: oh, that's a spell that can't get, can't oh, no. be gone. That's, that's, oh no,
0: that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's an incident waiting to happen. Um, Ten up bet, something we'll know something by the end of the year. Well, something, something, something by the end something's going to fucking go horrifically wrong. Um, <laughs> I can't wait about talking about Valve lawsuits. So we're going to skip to the tidbits, the few few little bullet points I put for things that I wanted to talk about, but things that I couldn't be bothered to copy entire news stories about. The 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 first one was that apparently Nintendo cancelled the live action Legend of Zelda series in 2015 due to leaks. Which I'm glad about. what were these leaks? The leaks were six years ago. I don't remember what the leaks were. Uh, don't make me! Don't make me go and find a new story and read a new story, bastard! <laughs> that's exactly why I didn't want to do. <laughs>
1: okay,
0: that's true. Um, I think it was just the leak of there was actually a Legend of Zelda Netflix series happening, yeah. and I kind of think everybody assumed it was fake. <laughs> but I've then it, Nintendo. but I've then it wasn't. It was. But now it's not. Yeah, Legend yeah. of Zelda Netflix series was in the works but nintendo cancelled the project after leaks nintendo are taking severe
1: baby steps to getting back into the movie sphere
0: yeah well like know. i'm
1: still like uh whenever this mario game f- film's happening from um uh illumination gate illumination studios uh it's gonna be fascinating when we see that
0: yeah uh, someone within Netflix leaked the legend leaked. Oh my god, I don't want you to send me notification. Fuck off. This is why I don't use websites when I'm doing this show. Uh <laughs> someone within Nintendo, within Netflix leaked the Legend of Zelda adaptation, which caused Nintendo to cancel a slate of projects, including the Zelda adaptation and Star Fox Claymation shows. Which is a bit of an overreaction. Like I'm not gonna bit. lie. But I don't know, I don't know how like I can't picture a live action Legend of Zelda TV show, and I, when I try, all I can remember is the live action Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> oh no! I feel like if you're gonna make if you're gonna make some sort of series about Legend of Zelda, you should probably just make it an anime, right? Probably. Uh, um, I just not do one and just do great games. Yeah, I'll just not do one and give me Breath of the Wild 2. But you are again. Just Jim, when we don't. eventually. Had that really creepy trailer from, from E3, that was super creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watch it every now and again because it's just a really, really good trailer. <clears throat> Speaking of movies, TV shows, I made you laugh so hard when I showed you these two things because you said this last week on our podcast. Netflix and MGM are both. Making movies about the GameStop Stock situation. Big shot to (laughs) baby. I knew it. Netflix Netflix is doing an adaptation which is gonna be more about the sort of the internet culture side of the things. MGM have optioned a book written by the guy who wrote the book that would that ended up being the social network movie about Facebook. So he's writing a book. Then the book's gonna happen and MGM have optioned the movie rights to that book. Let's hope the book's good. I always hope the book's good. <laughs> right? You have to hope, right? Because it's like, oh, what if this sucks? <laughs> um yeah, it'll be fine. I I'll I'll do you want to do ten a bet? I'll do a ten of bet they get Aaron Sorkin to make the movie.
1: <laughs> I think they'll get the guy who did the big shot. I can't remember that guy's name. Probably Aaron Sorkin. It'd be funny. If it no, wouldn't. it's not. I know it's not Aaron Sorkin. Big Shot was directed by Adam McKay. Adam McKay. Why do I know that name? You directed The Big Shot and Vice. I have seen The Big
0: Shot. Have you seen Vice? Nobody wrote Ant-Man. Yeah. That's why I know his name. He mm-hmm. oh, was the Anchorman guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Let's get on to games next week. Whoa, done. whoa, whoa. Biggest news story of the week. Skipping over there, Mooney?
1: <laughs> Wait, have we already talked about this one? It was at number one. No, that was Google Stadia. Then it was uh, Ari director bitching.
0: Capcom released a statement on Twitter that looked exactly like an apology post, by the way, which was really funny. <laughs> that, that they expressed gratitude. That everybody was enthusiastic. About the tall vampire lady in Resident Evil Village. Yeah, enthusiastic is the right word. <laughs> and confirmed that she is nine foot six inches tall, including heels and hat. So guess what happened, Moody? It all yeah. erupted again. Yeah. I know and everybody That's was talking really about the tall vampire. Lady from Resident Evil. I'm afraid to type in vampire lady from Resident Evil on Google. <laughs> I <laughs> would be too. Do up. you have safe search on?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you I should be all right. Take it off just to see what craziness comes my way here, but I won't do that. Um let's get in, uh, get into games out next week, ladies and gentlemen. And there's
0: only two. Don't oh, read quickly systems. because I need a bean don't read them too quick.
1: Don't read them too quickly. Okay.
0: I mean, don't take the pass either.
1: <laughs> okay, see what I did there. I want to read them quickly, ladies and gentlemen. February second, Little Nightmares Two, PC, PlayStation Four, and the Xbox One and Google Stadia. Uh, remember that Google Stadia? It's basically going to shut down soon, so don't worry. Little Nightmares Two is a suspense a suspense adventure game in which you play as Momo, a young boy trapped in a world that has been distorted by evil transmission. Together. With a new friend, six, he sets out to discover the source of the transmission. And finally, February sixth, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, the Nintendo Switch. Ah, the NS is Nintendo Switch. So this is the Little Nightmares is not with a Google Studio. My apologies, ladies and uh, Pounce and climb through dozens of colorful courses. Mario and his friends can use a variety of power-ups, like the Super Bell, that which grants. Cat-like abilities like climbing and scratching. Enjoy, ladies and gentlemen. Amy's pick of the week is Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. And so is mine. Because I'm lazy. Is it? There we go.
0: I thought it would have been Little Nightmares. Nah. You're not the one that you're going to play. You're the one that you're not going to play. So? I'm just... Hey, if that if that's your pick of the week, then that's your pick of the week. My oh, pick of the
1: week, yeah, that's my pick of the week. It's my pick of the week. It's a shame no one could have picked this for Open Critic because it's probably going to get a freaking high E.
0: <laughs> What's what? What? Which? Mario. Yeah,
1: shame no one could pick it for for Open for Fantasy Critic because it's probably going to get a high E.
0: <laughs> no, no one could have. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing it. Little Nightmares Two. I wasn't, I wasn't as into Little Nightmares as everyone else. Back when that game came out, so I'm intrigued by it because I'm always intrigued by spooky horror games. But spooky. you know what you're getting with a Super Mario platforming game. That's <laughs> true, you do. So I'm looking forward to just sitting back and chilling and enjoying it. It'll That's be a you less need. it'll be a less stressful experience than Super Mario Brothers Thirty Five, <laughs> which was enjoyable, <laughs> but. Also kind of stressful.
1: <laughs> hmm.
0: Turns out if you turn something into a battle any battle royale <laughs> is stressful in some way. It's insane. <laughs> um should we move on to open critic head to head?
1: Why not, Amy? Let's finish this up and sort it all out.
0: This is open critic head to head game myself and moody play every single week at the end of every single podcast when this game's coming up where we try to guess the upcoming average of one upcoming game whoever guesses closest gets one point if you manage to guess the score correctly you get two points that's it it's the whole game very simple rules at one point i thought about making the rules like three times more complicated and i was like why no (laughs) and then people were like it should be price is right rules where if you go over, you don't get a point, even if you close this. And I was like, we're not doing that either. <laughs> it's
1: not a bad idea, though, but I can understand the rules. Well, you got, so I'm happy no. with
0: it. <laughs> it's like, we could, out of 50 possible weeks scoring points, we scored three. Because <laughs> the amount of times we go way over, the, over whatever, whatever uh, game we're guessing, is is it happens. It happens a lot. We're too optimistic, Moody. Case in point, yeah, last case week we tried to guess the open critic average of Werewolf the Apocalypse Earthblood. I guessed it would get an open critic average of 72, Moody guessed it would get an open critic average of 75, and at the time of recording, Werewolf, Werewolf the Apocalypse Earthblood has an open critic average of 54. 55. 55, it's gone up on by one. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a 59 when I looked this morning, so... I think we're just arguing semantics at this point. Oh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> um, so, that leaves the scores. Amy 2, Moody 0 with 1 draw. I've guessed closest on the medium and werewolf. The draw was Hitman 3. I got it with a karma stick, though, last week. Where it was like, Hitman 3 was a draw, and then the score changed to where Moody would have scored 2 points. And I kind of went ha-ha, in Messenger. And then I changed my score for the medium f- to avoid it being a draw, and the medium's open critic average was the score I originally would have guessed. Hey. So, I got screwed too. <laughs> it could be 3 nil up instead of just 2. <laughs> yeah, technically, I guess the scores should really be 3-2. <laughs> but they shouldn't, because that's not how the rules work. Um... Mm-hmm. This week we're gonna guess the open critic average for Little Nightmares 2. Seventy. Seventy. We've gotten we started out Hitman 3 and literally we've just gotten lower and lower every week. <laughs> just like <ugh. laughs> Like I don't know if you've noticed, right? On open critic, but like apart from Hitman 3. Which came out to like really good reviews. It's currently, I think, at an eighty six. Like the games that are coming out aren't doing very well. Nope. And I'm gonna be honest. I've played some of them, and I can kind of see where they're coming from. Um, like 2021 hasn't gotten off to the greatest of starts in terms of games like that have been released. Yeah. Um, which is a bit of a shame because I think we're all hyped for for what the year could potentially be. But it's like it's not. It's an auspicious start. To the uh, yeah, January is over. February is a new month. February is a new month, and in February we're getting like Persona Five Strikers. So it's a Persona Five spin-off. It's gonna be amazing. May is gonna What's be good. Sixty nine. Do you even ask? <laughs> <laughs> of course, you're gonna go below me. I knew you were. <laughs> eh, like I said, I didn't. Dig Little Nightmares, that yeah. much. Well, on Open credit, the first one only has a seventy. Does it? Yeah. So I did not research. I. A lot of people talk fondly about that game. Whenever they're talking about Little Nightmares two, so I just assumed it had a higher score. Mm. So I did not know that. <laughs> I assumed it was like in the around eighty. So. Mm. Um, no, I've got sixty nine because I'm very mature. <laughs> <laughs> it's worked for me in the past yes. <laughs> Um, I also have the demo on my playstation oh no
1: I'm, I'm wrong I'm wrong I apologize I'm wrong
0: it's a 79 I thought it was going to be higher I thought 70 was a bit I
1: apologize long. there I the critic recommendation is 71 that's I think the one I, I uh, looked at the most and I apologize I, hate there. That.
0: I think I've explained it on the podcast in the past because I used to be a I used to be on OpenCritic, like when I was scoring reviews, and mm-hmm. you have to do it manually, right? So you put the thing in, and then like you put, you have to put your own paragraph in. You know the paragraphs that are on the that are on on the yeah. reviews, the summaries. You put your own paragraph in, so you choose that, and then you input the score. Um, you also have to input what your scoring metric is, because obviously not everyone does out of ten. Um, so you do all that and then at the end of it it's like do you recommend this game and and it's and i don't know if it's still the same it was a few years ago but it says like only check this box if you recommend this game without like any caveats so i always looked at that box for every single review i put up on open Craig, and i was like do you, do you recommend this game without caveats? Like, no, I don't recommend any game without caveats. Who recommends games without caveats? Like, <laughs> like there's going to be people out there who don't like Bloodborne. <laughs> like, and I'm not going to recommend Bloodborne to them. And that's one of my favorite games ever. So, so I wouldn't even check that, that box for Bloodborne. And I always got really confused by it. And I don't understand why it's there, right? <laughs> Like, it's an average of the score, and then if you want to see what individual critics thought, you scroll down and it tells you. But it's all, also a percentage of critics recommended, which is a different number to the top critic average. I know. Basically, I love Open Critic; I think it's really cool. But I, I've always taken issue with the recommendation system. Yeah. Because it's weird. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's been it's a... It's unnecessary. Minute.
1: Recommendation thing is just silly. Like it's it's like it's like the audience score on Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes. It's like they're, they're useless. There's no point of having them. They're just they're just, a, they're just a waste of time.
0: Yeah, it's like Neo Two, the complete edition, eighty-eight top critic average, a hundred percent critics recommended. So literally every critic recommended. Neo Two, the complete collection. Now, if you want to hop across to the Neo collection. 89 top critic average, so higher, higher score, That's 80% a critic recommend. recommended. <laughs> it's, so it's how really does great. that? How does that even make sense? Makes sense. <laughs> it doesn't make sense that whatsoever. <clears throat> like ah uh, ah, uh, basically numbers and reviews. There's a reason we don't do reviews anymore. Um, at least not the way we used to. The way that other we don't give
1: scores. We just say, "I just tell Let's you go and Play think. it. It's bad. Don't play it.
0: It's in the middle. Make up your minds. <laughs> ah, but uh, yeah, we just talk about them with each other now, which is yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Trying to, t- try to make two or three impressions video, edited, edited scripted impressions videos a week it wasn't nice.
1: Okay. Oh. Excuse me. Sorry, like it took me, me a long time though, yeah.
0: it took me a long time to like get out of so like pre and it took me a while to figure this out but like pre- 2018 when I was doing a lot <laughs> shall we say like an yeah. ins- absurd insane amount of work and it was like... I was just keeping myself busy so I didn't have to think about my own life, <laughs> and it took me a while of therapy to realize that that's what I was doing. But then, even after that, even and even after I'd, even after A, I had figured out I was trans. B then come out as trans, and C figured out that the reason I used to work myself near to death was because I was just trying to avoid thinking about things. Um, it still took me ages to be able to like then throttle back on like the amount of th- stuff i was doing yeah. and, um because like yeah i used to do a lot but now i don't and there's still That's that part a- there's still that part of my brain which is just like you're not working hard enough. and it's like no, no i'm working i'm working normally now like <laughs> i'm like, working more efficiently and more better and i'm having fun which is important like i'm not the ju- thing i want to do i'm not doing my podcast someone else's podcast reviews for my site reviews for somebody else's site as fast as humanly possible like while also having a maintaining a, a 30 hour a week <coughs> day job and now i'm doing two podcasts for our site Streaming a bit, whenever I feel like it. Yeah, Having fun with video games again. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm hoping I'm going to have my internet's going to be reasonably stable enough where I I would I would love to be able to stream uh, the Mass Effect Legendary just when it comes out. I would love year. to watch that. I would love to watch, play that. I think that'd be brilliant to play.
0: And be in chat. <laughs> <laughs> During Mass Effect 1. I'm going to ask so many annoying questions. It'll be like my Halo Revenge. (laughs) I'm going to be so annoying. I'll just be like...
1: "Uh, uh, Time this
0: show blobs out there we go <laughs> oh i'll make so many accounts i will always know it's me um Let's like what would happen You'd be like no blobs too <laughs> yeah. yeah i'll have to make a personal twitch account if you would if you ever did that because i can't exactly log into mine maybe i'll just pretend to be the bot
1: or you create a new you create your own but i but i
0: stream on yours i'm words about games yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I have to create my yeah. own to chat yeah, because yeah, you will be logged in. Yeah,
1: We'll figure. Did it. we just get? Did we just get our wires crossed there a little bit? Or did, did get yeah. my get yeah. my wires crossed? The, there the wires got bit, crossed yeah. a little bit. No, I was talking bit, about
0: yeah. making my own. So you, yeah, yeah, if you, yeah, if you were on words about yeah. games, yeah, yeah. Um, it's gonna do it for episode two hundred and forty-two of the Words About Games podcast. Thanks for watching, everyone. It's- Thank you. Was a good one. Keep
1: it I up, games industry. Fun. Yeah, we had some good stories, some fun stories to talk about, some not so surprising stories, some douchebaggy stories that we just got through. Told us out, told them how we felt, and it was just like boom, 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 boom. boom, boom. boom we were boom, fast, boom. we were efficient. I like we this fast. episode. We were fast,
0: but and now, the biggest
1: important thing, and gentlemen, the vampire letter is nine foot foot six foot six inches. That is the biggest important news, which we don't talk about until the, the end of the episode. <laughs> it's the nice news you cap
0: the podcast off with. That is true. <laughs> See you later. Boy. Tangled up in the
1: cable. I got this. You got this.